Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Champion versus champion, title for title, it's the ultimate challenge, it's WrestleMania! Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, WrestleMania edition. Yes, WrestleMania 36 is still scheduled to go on from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, not in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, where Tom Brady will play later this year. So this isn't exactly 93,000 fans in the Pontiac Silverdome this year for Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. Instead, it's going to be around 16 matches Saturday night, Sunday night, there's going to be an empty arena, no one around. The weirdest, most odd WrestleMania of all time. But you know what? You can bet on it. And we need that right now. So to break all this action down, my co-host for this can be heard on You Better You Bet. He also has the most intense NFL picks in the history of picking anything. And that's Nick Costos. Nick, we've both been watching pro wrestling since we were in diapers. What is your all-time favorite WrestleMania moment? I appreciate the introduction, the checks in the mail. And I like that we used the word intense for my NFL picks in lieu of saying because they lost all the time. So intense is a much better way to phrase it than I think than lose all the time. You know, my favorite WrestleMania, as crazy as it sounds, Colin, and this is going to be like a pretty like hokey take, but it's the honest truth, is my first WrestleMania that I ever watched like in completion. Now, I watched WrestleMania 6 as a kid and like I watched the Warrior Hogan match, but like I didn't really know what was going on. Like I knew about that match because one of my friends was into it. I was thoroughly invested, fully invested in WrestleMania 6. Seven, which remains my favorite WrestleMania. And it's not the best match of all time, but my favorite wrestling match of all time, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, career-ending match, WrestleMania 7. So I got to go, and that's the one I've seen the most. But 17 is probably the best one. Also, 28 and 30 are also fantastic, and I was live at both of those. Nick's uh, going old school like I was, because the first WrestleMania that I can really remember now, the one that happened, uh, you know, in, in, in what was it, Trump Plaza, uh, the tournament from WrestleMania 4, which I would kill for them to do again. Uh, that's really my first memories of being heavy into a WrestleMania. I remember getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning and walking to a bus stop on a Monday because WrestleMania 6 between Hogan and Warrior had just happened the night before in Toronto. And I was at that bus stop waiting for my buddy who had a dish, right? He had a dish, satellite dish, one of the ones that's the size of your entire roof. Uh, next to his house, and he got to watch WrestleMania 6, and I had to wait until that bus pickup to find out the Ultimate Warrior, who probably would have been lined around, what, plus 300 for that match? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how long I've been invested in this. And the funny thing was, I don't know about you, I was invested in WTBS and Ric Flair more than I was WWF back then. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm from New York, so that was always kind of like, I am literally from New York, and that's what the industry term is for WWF, WWE, is New York, even because it's a Northeast operation. You got to go to New York. You make it big when you go to New York. I'm a WWE guy through and through, even though I got to tell you, man, I think the product is, is not great right now, but it's something we can bet on, so it might as well be the Super Bowl Game 7 of the World Series rolled into one. The product is not great, but what I want you to do, I want you everybody to listen to know is that Nick and I are well-versed in the history of wrestling. Nick has talked to me about some of the live events that he's been to, how much he watches way outside WWE. He is, he's into AWE. I am too. He's keeping his eyes more on New Japan than I am. He watches a, a lot more than AEW and WWE. And, you know, as far as my history goes, I've been going to live events. You know, I saw Owen Hart fall from the roof in Kemper. Oh. I'm a, a monster Bret Hart fan. If you guys have been following him on Twitter, you see 
gave me a, a birthday shout out. And that's great because Nick here is a fanboy of the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. So I, I, I consider not having him on, but considering he knows everything there is to know about wrestling, I had to have him on, even though we disagree about who the greatest wrestler of all time is. I mean, look, uh, Brett's great. He's an all-time great. I'm not going to, you know, dump on Bret Hart here, but he's not better than Shawn Michaels. And look, you're, you're welcome to think whatever you want, but you can be incorrect. And that's the fun thing about a lot of this with when it concerns pro wrestling is we're not picking, like, when we pick winners for these matches, it's not like, okay, X guy is a better wrestler than Y, so we're picking X. There's a lot of storyline stuff that goes into it, so you got to be familiar with the product and kind of be versed in the history of wrestling because I think you can really take a lot of what's happened in the past and apply it moving forward to a lot of these events here. And I think even though it's scripted, it's a real fascinating market and something you can really sink your teeth into in terms of betting on. It's not as easy or as black and white as people may think. So it's not going to be in Raymond James Stadium. There's not going to be 100,000 people. The fireworks, the rock coming out with a flamethrower, it's done. And to tell you the truth, the product has been extremely hard to watch. Uh, it was hard to watch before that. The storylines were terrible. Uh, we, there's a big complaint about how we could telegraph everything WWE creative is, is coming up with. And now we have these cold promos happening in arenas, you know, cold arenas. At least AEW is doing something different by putting the actual wrestlers in the crowd. And, and there were some wrestlers that were live betting on the side of the ring during a match. I mean, that's the kind of creative thinking that we need. But as far as COVID goes, it's had a massive effect on this card. And we have wrestlers that are not even going to be present. And I mean, it, it's, it goes all the way down the list from Dana Brooke is not going to be in the SmackDown women's match for the, for the championship. Uh, Rey Mysterio has quarantined himself. He's not going to be a part of WrestleMania. Half of the AOP is injured. And then a part of, uh, you know, Rollins stable, uh, Murphy, formerly the buddy Murphy, formerly Alexa Bliss boyfriend, uh, who's now just Murphy, but he's actually quarantined now. He's not going to be a part of this. Uh, and that all came from a TV taping where The Miz uh, fell ill. We don't know if it's Corona. No one's come out and said that he has Corona. But The Miz was supposed to be a huge part of, uh, of this WrestleMania and the tag team portion. He's been a part of a ton of WrestleManias. Claims he's headlined one. I'd say that wasn't the best match of the one that he was in with John Cena. But oh, WrestleMania 27, one of the worst <laughs> WrestleMania main events of all time. And I think Miz, even in his most private moments, would have to admit that. And then he probably just turns over and sees Maurice and is like, screw it, who cares? Yeah, look what I got. Yeah, exactly. But that really kind of struck a chord with Roman Reigns, you know, saying I'm, I'm in you compromised because of my leukemia. I'm not going to be taking part. And he was the main event of the show. Uh, you may have watched Raw on Monday night. Uh, and for all transparency, for, for the lines that we're reading off, for the matches we're reading off, this is being recorded on a Tuesday night. This is supposed, some of the matches have already been recorded. Some of them are going to be live on Saturday and Sunday. So if things change between now and the podcast, it's a fluid situation, just like it is in real life. But Roman Reigns has decided to not be in the Goldberg match, not to risk his health after coming back from leukemia, a very sound and, and 100% decision anybody should back him up on. We'll get to this. It'll be the last match, but Goldberg's going to be taking on Braun Strowman for the, for the universal title. So kind of out of the blue there, but uh, you know, there's other wrestlers we haven't heard from, like Kari Sane is just making it back from Japan. Turns out she was quarantined for a while after getting married and having, a, having her honeymoon and all that stuff. So this is a fluid situation. We podcast this on Tuesday night. If it's not the match that happens on Saturday, hopefully you get your money back if you make a bet. Any other wrestlers that I didn't name off, Nick? Rey Mysterio. Andrade was pulled off the card also, Andrade. but Mysterio obviously as well. It's a bad look for WWE, and this is not like the purpose of the podcast, but I feel like this needs to be said. Bad look for WWE that Reigns had to go to them and be like, hey guys, like... Yep. You know, you'll have leukemia a couple of times. You may have heard of it. You know, it's, just, it's not great. I should maybe shouldn't, but I guess that shouldn't be unexpected for a company that, you know, has been putting on shows in Saudi Arabia for a number of years now, um, probably against the, the blood, blood money. money. She's got a finishing look all twisted.
So we are pro Alexa Bliss, by the way. So let's start off right there because Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going to take on the Kabuki Warriors, but there's no line listed for that. If you're looking for lines, there's some certain European books that have them out there. Uh, If you look around, if you shop around, you're going to be able to find lines on WrestleMania. Something fun to bet on, and we need that because betting on replays or Madden Sims uh, gets old pretty fast. So uh, I was going to mention, with the Kabuki Warriors taking on Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, there's no line posted. But for all intents and purposes, I think the tag titles are coming off of the Kabuki Warriors going on to Alexa Bliss, who is a Vince McMahon favorite. He loves her to death. But I want to talk about, really, if you agree with me, that the generation of why is Asuka on the mic? We haven't seen Kari Sane in forever. I think they want to pull Asuka back into singles action. Uh, they got to get her out of this tag team, and they need to get Alexa Bliss back on camera more. Uh, do you have any feel there if a line posts up that you should be taking Bliss and Cross? I think this is a really tough one to call just because it's like hot, like a couple other matches that are just kind of like hot-shotted onto the card with Alexa Bliss going over Asuka um, last week on SmackDown to kind of set this up. And then Asuka kind of comes out on, on Raw and gets a win over like a jabroni and whatever and then does like, right. I don't even know what they're doing with this. Like, I like the face paint with Asuka and I kind of like, She's, like, basically, like, speaking Japanese. Well, yeah, of course. But, like, the Great Muda was over in, like, 1989. Love the Great Muda back in WCW back in the day. KG Muda, of course. But, like, she's entertaining. But, like, it's kind of – I'm not, like, a PC sort of dude. But, like, it's a little out there, kind of what's going on with Asuka a little bit here. It it feels to me like this was just kind of like a flung-together program. Maybe you're right that they're looking to get the titles off them. But I could easily see this being a situation where, look, Bliss goes over Asuka on SmackDown. Kabuki Warriors get their win back at WrestleMania because WWE loves themselves some 50-50 BS book. I hate that crap, but they love it. So I don't know if I would be willing to lay my money down on one side or the other in that match. Yeah, and I will say this. From what I've read, Kari Saint's contract was up four weeks ago, and this could be a one-time pay. So I I really think if a line pops up, it's worth biting on Bliss and Cross for the fact that I think Kari Saint has had – she is. She has has made expressed herself as wanting to leave WWE and return to her roots. So uh, I think this may be it for the Kabuki Warriors. Let's move on to a lot, something that is lined, and that is Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley, accompanied by Lana, who is uh, really in real life still married to Rusev. Uh, they, they really got themselves in a pickle here with what they're going to do with this Lana Bobby Lashley thing, but. I was telling Nick before the podcast, I didn't write up an intro for this because there is no intro. They just said, you know what? Aleister Black is going to fight Bobby Lashley. That's the story. Now, here's what I see out of my eyes, Nick. You've had Aleister Black come down to the ring and do a black mass and do a spin kick on every jobber. I didn't even know these jobbers existed, the Barry Horowitzes of the world. Jason yeah, Cade this past Monday. <laughs> Al Snow, Al Snows of the world are coming into these arenas, getting their one kick to the face. And Aleister Black is covering them up. Meanwhile, Bobby Lashley's not on TV at all now. It could be COVID. It could be travel. We don't know. Maybe they want to, you know, put some water on the on the, on the whole dumpster fire situation on the Lana Rusev uh, and get her separated. I mean, a minus 475 for Aleister Black, I think that that is easy. One of the easier money bets on the card. you got to spend a little money here. But we're talking about a wrestler who they have purposely lined up jobber dominoes in front of him just to get to this spot to make him look even better. I think Lashley, they want to peel him off of Lana and put him something with Lesnar later on. Uh, WWE has done and will continue to do lots of nonsensical stuff. Um, this would, I think, take the cake, be like the cherry on top of the nonsensical Sunday would be to have Aleister Black lose this match. You're like, Ale- this is how the match should go. 
The bell rings. Lashley charges at Black. Black hits him with the Black Mask, pins him, match over. The match should literally be 10 seconds long. So probably what it'll be, of 10 minutes, it'll be like Sting Hogan at Starcade 97, which should have been a 10-second match. It'll be 10 minutes long. Lashley will beat him up for 10 minutes. Here's what's great. There's going to be no negative crowd reaction because there is no crowd. So maybe that'll actually be a positive here. There, there is no outcome in this match that makes any type of sense that anyone could rationally argue other than Aleister Black winning in dominant fashion. So yes, the line is big. Colin, I would argue it's not big enough. I think minus 475 might actually be. It's not a bargain because you know, minus 475 can never really be a bargain. But I mean, it's, it's close to one because Black ain't losing this match. No, Black ain't losing this match whatsoever. And he'll be sitting Indian style in the middle of the ring, counting up all the money that we've won off him. Yeah, this is a shoe <laughs> in here. Uh, you know, and, and you know, I, I didn't mention it, but, you know, Black took a victory at Elimination Chamber over AJ Styles. That was more of a setup for The Undertaker. But still, when Black gets a victory over AJ Styles, this steam train locomotive for him isn't stopping. Let's move on to Otis of Heavy Machinery taking on Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Dolph Ziggler in his first singles match, I think in the history of, of like the actual, there's no pre-show because of coronavirus, uh, his first actual singles match on the main card of WrestleMania. Uh, this line is at Otis minus 160, Dolph Ziggler plus 120. But I think that you and I need to have a set of questions with every single one of these matches is, is do we think the baby face is going to win every single match? And are we going to push off our title changes because there's no crowd and because this is going to be the worst watched WrestleMania ever for a consumer. So in this match, are we taking the baby face because it's a baby face or are we fighting with, uh, are we siding with Ziggler because this is the first time he's had a singles match on the WrestleMania card. You know, I think it's a wonderful question that you ask. And I love that you posed it right before this match specifically here, because I think if this match is in front of the crowd at Raymond James in Tampa, I think the obvious thing that you do is Mandy helps Otis win the match and you get yes. the massive face reaction. Now, I don't think this is going to be a card where all the faces go over, and we'll talk about that as we move along in the show. But I think if this were a regular WrestleMania match in front of a regular crowd, I think Otis wins. And I kind of think this is actually, and like we kind of killed, I killed WWE a lot. I won't speak for anybody else. The way that they've kind of laid this out has been, it's pretty like paint by numbers in terms of a storyline, but like it hasn't sucked. Like it's actually kind of interesting. It's kind of decent. Mandy's doing a decent job trying to play both sides a little bit. Ziggler right. hasn't been absolutely awful. Otis is obviously, I think, a potential big-time star in the making here. Because it's in an, an empty arena, because it's going to be seen in front of zero fans here, and because Vince is known for chicanery in matches like this, would it surprise anyone if Otis gets humiliated and loses this match? Mandy turns on Otis, Ziggler wins, and the two hot blondes walk out, and like Vince is yeah. flapping in Gorilla. <laughs> it's that great pal. Like, couldn't you see that happening here? So I don't really feel confident one way or another here, but I think if I had to do something here in an empty arena, give me the show off Dolph Ziggler. So I'm going to go with Ziggler too at plus 120. I think he's worth a little bit of a, you know, not a huge bet, but I think he's worth a little bit of money. And I think that there's this aspect that Otis cost them a chance with the SmackDown tag titles. And there could be a whole uh, a tucky uh, turn here. They're, I don't know why they would break up a tag team where Otis is generally the star. And I haven't seen anything in Tucky or any of his moves that, make me think, I mean, yeah, he, he's a big guy that comes off the top row, but it's not clean. It doesn't look crisp. He's irrelevant compared to Otis. Like, Otis is a star. Like, it's not like Michael's right. Janetti, because, like, Otis isn't Michael's, but, like, Otis is clearly the star of the tag team, and it's not even close. Right, and they're never going to get to the level of the Usos in the New Day, so why not just go ahead and get this broken up now? And and, and so I think that's the direction to go. Ziggler plus 120 is what we're both going to be on. Uh, a match that we think is going to be on Saturday 
Uh, not confirmed is last man standing match between Edge and Randy Orton. If you don't know the history between these two, I could use 10 minutes of this podcast. I won't. Let's just say these two know each other very well. They know each other's kids' names. Real life best friends. This should be an, a very well-worked match. Uh, they, these two should have no problems uh, telegraphing. What, it's going to be one that you want to watch and not take a break from because these guys know each other so well and they're going to tell a good story. I think you and I, where you and I are struggling here, and the odds are edge minus 400. Where you and I are struggling here is these matches at WrestleMania either are the first of three or they're the culmination ending of a, th- of, of a rubber match of a three-time a three series, right? And so this is the first time Edge and Randy Orton, are you going to pay off this entire rivalry between these two in front of an empty crowd? Uh, I, I mean, I, both you and I were talking about how we think Edge could have pulled out of this and gone on to something bigger, like maybe a Roman Reigns, maybe a Seth Rollins. But I think, you know, uh, why would Randy Orton not get the win here so there can be a rematch when there's actually a crowd? Yeah, and I think the stipulation kind of gives you that out if you want to go that way with last man standing. There could be something that, like, is it, would it be really crazy if, like, Beth Phoenix turned on her husband? Like, I'm not saying that's going to happen, <laughs> but, like, I'm just throwing it, like, like, crazier things have happened in WWE than, like, wife turning on husband potentially here in terms of a storyline, obviously. So the fact that the coronavirus is running wild, brother, and they're going to be no fan, like, that's kind of what gives me a little pause here because let's say there were going to be fans there, right, and this is a regular WrestleMania. I think there's a stronger case to be made that Randy Orton's going to go over in the match because then you can build and you can have this program last a couple months longer. It's white hot, and I don't think it's ready to end. So I agree with you 100% there. You can easily milk a couple more months out of this, and it's been absolutely fantastic. But do we know, like, is WWE going to keep putting on shows in empty arenas? Are they going to keep doing this? Like, that's, I think that the answer is probably yes, because you follow the money and the money says probably yes. But like, there's a lot that's up in the air here in a major way with a lot of this stuff here. And if like, they're not going to have shows for a little bit, it may make sense to put Edge over, but I can't advocate it at that price. So I kind of lean towards uh, Randy Orton here to win this and prolong this feud and maybe have a blow off coming up at SummerSlam between these two. I absolutely agree. I think this is a SummerSlam match waiting to happen. Maybe get a little TLC involved in that. You know, I think that's the real, I, that's, that would be way better than a last man standing. Last man standing. If you've heard wrestlers talk about last man standing matches, they're horrible to work. They don't want, I don't know who put this on them. I, I doubt either of these guys wanted to be in a last man standing match. It's, uh, it's an anticlimactic way of, uh, of having a, a, a match between two wrestlers, especially for their first time or even their last time. So why not do false count anywhere in the empty arena? Like how much better would that be than a last man standing match? honest to God, like, why don't you just put them in a room, make them desanitize their hands and wash their faces and, you know, put on clean trunks and have them go at it in a, in a bubble. I honestly, the, this, there's going to be further matches. Can you see edge showing up to an empty arena on raw the next night or on Monday, if this happens on Saturday, could you hit, see him showing up and his entire trajectory goes to another wrestler? Like he's in another storyline. I think it's, I think he's stuck with Randy Orton for a while. I think Randy Orton's going to take the first of what's probably going to be three matches. But that being said, though, and I do want to, and I, and I like Orton, and I know you do too, isn't there a chance that Edge wins this match, Edge comes out on Monday night on Raw in front of the empty arena and, like, starts to do his promo and, like, whatever's next for him, Orton comes out, beats the crap out of him, and they continue the feud that way. So I don't think that's, I know you probably would agree with me, not outside the realm of possibility, but what would make more sense, obviously, have Orton win in some underhanded way, keep the heat on edge, obviously keep, right. you know, and, and then have Orton eventual and then have edge 
ultimately get the big win later on in this feud because it's it's too good to end now. Like there's not gonna there can't be like a decisive end to this because it would make no sense. Like the business is too good unless they feel like there's gonna be no business because of the coronavirus, which may complicate things. Yeah, and I mean, still we haven't heard from Christian. I feel like at some point Christian's gonna insert himself in the ring and Orton could you know take on him like he you know whipping him like he did Matt Hardy. I, I feel like Christian's going to become a part of this. Hey, and Orton and Christian had that great feud when, well, for, for, for the belt a couple years ago, right, for the world title. So, yeah. like, they have a history as well. There's way too much story here to, to story here left on the table for them to end it right here. Uh, the value's on Orton plus 250. I wouldn't take Orton less than plus 150, so keep that in mind when you're oh, yeah. shopping. Yeah, shopping for numbers out there. Let's move on to a match where uh, it's listed at minus 120 on both sides. Uh, nice juice there, by the way. Uh, but, uh, you know, Elias versus King Corbin. I am in a boat with both of these wrestlers that tells me right here that King Corbin is the easy one to pick. But Elias is never going to be considered a wrestler, a, a, a talented, which he is, a talented wrestler that should be taken seriously, that could make an actual inter, intercontinental title run, U.S. title run. And King Corbin is championship i mean wwe championship material if you look at the way he works matches they love him and he gets the most heat out of the crowd out of anybody on this roster so why he's in this match at wrestlemania is because i think they're setting up a king corbin rob gronkowski SummerSlam match i think that's the ultimate goal here uh in my opinion i, I think corbin and, and gronk would be a perfect SummerSlam match uh so i think elias is meaningless here and it's just a, a way to get gronk involved and to get corbin over uh leading up to a bunch of heat at SummerSlam for Gronk. So I want to agree with you and disagree with you in the same breath here and also credit you because you came on You Better You Bet a couple weeks ago and you were talking up Corbin and Gronk as Corbin being Gronk's first like big feud and I was like, no, it's going to be Ginger Mahal or somebody else. So I got to give you credit because literally a couple days after you came on my show, that's exactly what happened on SmackDown. So you were 100%, you were 100% right on that. And I do think that that's where we're going here in terms of you want to get like the best face reaction possible for Gronk. You put the most, lo- the most loathsome heel up against him who gets under everyone's skin. So I agree 100% that we are staring down the barrel of a Gronk-Corbin match down the road here at some point, maybe sooner rather than later. Maybe it's at SummerSlam. But where I will disagree with you is I could easily see a scenario here where Gronk, helps Elias win this match. So I'll actually go the other way from you. Elias goes over Corbin. And I try and think of things like this, and this is actually kind of dangerous maybe because I don't think WWE thinks like this even though they should. Like, who needs the win? Who does the loss hurt less? I think that the loss hurts Corbin a lot. Like, Corbin does not need to win to get the heat that he's getting. Elias, at some point, has got to win a match. Like, he's got to win at some <laughs> point here. Like, he really does. Like, like, yeah. like, like, the win benefits Elias infinitely more than it does. Corbin doesn't need to win the match to keep the heat. So, I think it makes more sense for Elias. Gronk costs Corbin the match. Elias gets his WrestleMania win. Corbin loses no heat. Corbin goes right into the feud against Rob Gronkowski. So I agree with you on everything except for the finish. I'll take Elias over Corbin. So I'm not going to bet anything higher than Corbin minus 120, but based on the fact that I think that Corbin is held in higher regards than Elias uh, as far as his the pecking order, the mound of WWE, I would favor him in this side. But we both agree that there's an end game to this, and it's SummerSlam, and it's Gronk. You know, we'll see how this one turns out. I would definitely want plus money to take either side. So let's just put it at that. I'm not taking minus 120. I'm not taking minus 110. If I can get plus money on King Corbin, I think that's the way to go. And I think you'd agree that if you can get plus money on Elias, that's probably the way to go. Yes. 
Uh, I think the interesting thing, which we haven't even mentioned yet, is, is WWE Creative going to manipulate any lines or throw some uh, throw some bones out there for the betting market to, for us to chew on and watch some steam go out. So I always bring up Undertaker and, and Brock Lesnar from years ago, right? Undertaker had the streak going on. Undertaker fighting back. He's fighting back. They're running about us, folks. Oh, my God. I was there. Brock Lesnar was nine to one that morning. Nine to one. I was tweeting away with my little account uh, years ago about how, guys, it's Sunday morning. It's 8 a.m. This line is nine to one. Then 11 a.m. I checked in. Guys, this nine to one is down to plus 450. There's some serious money coming in on Lesnar. Sure you know it. Beats the streak. There are whispers that come out that are false to move lines, so be aware of that with these WWE lines. Let's move on to a wrestler I really despise. Now, I think (laughs) – I think Baron Corbin <laughs> is a masterful heel because he knows how to get reaction. He Agree, knows, man. There's no he doubt. Is, he is a fantastic worker. I don't have the same feelings about Sami Zayn. I despise every time oh, he comes out. You wrong, I, man. Yeah, you were you wearing a Bret Hart hat and you hate Sami Zayn. Come on. That's like it's like you're spitting Montreal. on Canada. You're spitting Listen, on it's Canada. It's Montreal. Listen, everybody in Montreal and Quebec would tell you they're not a part of Canada. They're their own country anyways, all right? It doesn't really count. But Sami Zayn is just – he's just so annoying sometimes, just hopping around the ring like – He's a doing his job. Think about it. He's working. Bro, he's, he's working you. He's working how, you. In what world am I living in that Sami Zayn is the Intercontinental Championship? He's the Intercontinental Champion, and Shinsuke Nakamura is just kind of leading him out to the ring. Like, what world am I living in where this is happening? It should be the other way around like it was. Uh, and, I, and I think another thing that's got me down on this is I hate the new IC title design. It just drives me crazy to see that new championship title. I want the old one back, the, the Macho Man, the Steamboat. The, the white one, the one that Perfect had. It could be the white Intercontinental title. Right, it could be the yellow one. I don't give a shit. Just bring the old one back. I don't want to see this new one that they've got. All right, so Sami Zayn saying all that. Sami Zayn is minus 200 against Daniel Bryan. There are so many outside factors working on here. The, the Drew Gulak is supporting Daniel Bryan. Will he turn on him? Sami Zayn's got Shinsuke. I don't know what Shinsuke's contract status is. It's almost up. Uh, somehow Cesaro is some sort of – I don't know how he became a supporting to the supporting to the supporting role. It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the best workers in the ring in the company, and he's turned into some sort of, uh, you know, mute uh, bodyguard to the to the side supporting actor role. I don't know how that works. So I have no feel on this. Like, I love Daniel Bryan. I don't think it means anything to put an Intercontinental title on him. He doesn't need it. He's bigger than this whole entire feud. Uh, do we keep the title on Sami Zayn? I don't know the direction for either of these wrestlers. Well, let me ask you this. What what would you say the percent chance is that Gulak turns on Daniel Bryan? High, ninety percent. Okay, then we gotta take then we then we gotta take Zane. Then we have to take Zane. Zane. Then we have to take Zane. Right, that's probably why it's lined at minus two hundred. But you know, Gulak, I I think Bryan and and Gulak is going to be fantastic inside the ring, and it's a way to get somebody that's been on the two hundred five live you know wheel forever and get him into the main picture and get him some credit here. So. I agree with you. We got to take Zane here. I just don't like laying minus 200. There's too many variables in this match. For there's there's a lot standpoint. of them. And I think kind of like what we've seen come out recently that Brian is like veering away from being like a full-time worker. I, I think it makes a lot of sense to have Gulak cost him the match. I think clearly like Brian's clearly high on Gulak and they'll probably work a program and Brian will probably put him over and make Drew Gulak look like a million bucks. So I think that's kind of where this is going here. And, and look, like people hate Baron Corbin, right? Because they're like, oh, he's so annoying and he gets under my skin so much with his antics. And then you're like, I'm like, well, yeah, that's kind of what his job is. 
It's right. kind of what Sami Zayn's job is too. You hate him. He's doing his job. That's the whole why, point of it. But why is there a difference between Corbin and Sami Zayn? Why, why is it I enjoy watching Corbin work his thing and piss people off and the way he talks to the crowd, but Sami comes out and I'm just, I, I feel like a rash is all over my body. Like, get off me. I, I, think, he's, I think he's so funny. Like this stick when he was coming out and the fans were like when he first came out with the see you in hell like yeah. stick and and the fans would be singing his music like that I mean I would like watch on YouTube multiple times afterwards and just be laughing my ass off I I kind of like Zane with the prop of the belt now look you're a hundred percent right and like for people that don't know like Shinsuke Nakamura in in Japan he's not as good as he was then because he's older now obviously but this guy's one of the better wrestlers in the world and if WWE loses him to AEW this guy's gonna be an absolute star in AEW and you'll see that WWE really misused him so you're right about that but I like Zayn with the prop of the Intercontinental Belt here I I, I like Zayn you're right that there's a lot of variables in minus two hundred I don't know if I want to lay that here but I do lean with uh, with Sami Zayn here over Daniel Bryan and I think Gulak turns on him. Ooh, we should have a podcast on Shinsuke Nakamura versus John Moxley under AEW rules. That would be oh. uh, <clears throat> fantastic. I, I would like that. Or the, get the exalted one in there for a, for a three-way match. We're going to move on to the SmackDown Women's Championship. This did have Dana Brooke in it, although she probably had no chance to win. This is a five-way match with Bailey coming in as the champion. Her best friend, Sasha Banks, is also in this match. Sasha's at plus 100. Bailey, the champion, plus 125. Lacey Evans, who I don't know if they're ever going to have time to put a belt on her. I love her work. I think she's a fantastic worker, fantastic wrestler. I think she has the look, although it's a couple shades off of what, you know, Charlotte Flair is doing. What, do you uh, have a crush on her? She's a fantastic worker. She's okay. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who is she? Like, is she like Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey no. had a Kid and it's Lacey. Come on. Okay, let me get through the odds and then we'll get into it. All right, so Naomi's plus 650 and Tamina's plus 3,300. Tamina's only in this match to catch people off the top rope. Okay, so let's stop talking about her. Correct. Lacey Evans, there's, there's a, I don't know, for what, for some reason, when Bailey throws punches and throws kicks and wrestles, I don't believe it. I don't feel like they're max effort and they don't make me believe that they're actual real punches. When Lacey Evans throws a woman's right, I, it looks real and it feels real and I feel bad for the person that got it. Uh, I just think she's a better in-ring technician from, from that standpoint. But, you know, let's talk about the, the winner of this match here. I think Sasha's the one that takes the title. She turns on her best friend, rolls her up, pins her, uh, hits her with a chair. I don't care what you call it. It should be Sasha over Bailey here, right? Oh, I think that you have it 100% right where like those, this is what the match is going to come down to here. So I actually think they've done a decent job kind of like getting Lacey Evans kind of like inserted into this, giving her some shine on SmackDown last week, making you think that she could play a part in this match. Let's cross out, like you said, Tamina, no chance. Naomi, whom I like, I would say no chance also. And Lacey Evans, this isn't about Lacey Evans, right? It's about Bailey and it's about Sasha Banks. So let's cross out Evans. So it comes down to Bailey or Banks. I look ahead to SummerSlam. SummerSlam is being held in Sasha Banks' hometown of Boston, Massachusetts. I think that Bailey heel shenanigans to keep her title here. I'll take Bailey to retain, and I think they build a program where they face Sasha Banks, and Sasha finally gets that big singles moment, beats Bailey, wins the SmackDown Women's Championship in her hometown of Boston, Massachusetts, of course, assuming that there is a SummerSlam. We know Sasha and Bailey are capable of putting on a five-star match. My problem is, is I feel like Bailey's 
form has regressed in the last couple of years. I don't feel like she's the same product as what she was when she was in NXT. You say that about a lot of people that come out from uh, yeah, NXT and all of a sudden they turn to shit. And I will say, ba- ba- Bailey thick in all the right places, though. I can't. I'm 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 a fan of Bailey's work. <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna say Sasha takes it now. Uh, you are right. In Boston hometown SummerSlam should be huge for her. I'm not a fan of her new music. I keep the old music. I keep the whole thing rolling. I love the old one. But uh, I'm going to take Sasha to win this here at plus 100. I don't think there's a, zero chance of Tamina. Naomi, if we had a live crowd in her home city, I don't know, maybe. But no, it, she just hasn't been used enough since she's come back. Uh, Lacey Evans, I think, is going to get her time. But I think it's going to be you know, one of those really small pay-per-views and maybe she drops it a month later at another small pay-per-view. Not Great Balls of Fire. Great balls Ca- of fire. Capital Punishment. Uh, we got any other good uh, names? Battlegrounds. Battlegrounds. Fully, fully loaded. <laughs> we're going to bring up... We're going to bring up some old uh, pay-per-view names from the past here that they never should have gone with in the first Over place. Over the Edge. But, uh, Bad Blood with two Ds. With Very D's, important. Where, the yeah, two as Ds. A Sean, as a Shawn Michaels Kane, uh, Hell in the Cell, first ever. So, so I'm going to take Sasha here at plus 100. Nick's going to take Bailey. We don't see any chance the other three ladies take it, so shop for the best number. Let's move on to something that you and I should not spend a lot of time on because we know it's going to get jacked. I mean, there's lines posted on this for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. It's a triple threat between The Miz and John Morrison, the current champs, versus The Usos versus The New Day. But Miz has fallen ill. No word on if it's the coronavirus and reports out of whether this has been taped, which I think this has already been taped and the results are already known, this is going to be a three-way match with just one half of each of the tag teams. So John Morrison versus one of the Usos. Versus All of a tag of team match. <laughs> and we're going to crown tag titles on somebody from a singles match, a singles three-way match. So makes no sense to me whatsoever. I don't know how to bet this. I, I don't know why they would put the titles on the New Day other than for face factor uh for you know just to put it on a face at wrestlemania and have a happy story you know blowing the trumpet maybe xavier i don't know if xavier is healthy or not to come back and and, and blow uh on the on, on the trombone on the way out uh the usos uh, are back to wrestling at tip-top shape uh no one's drinking and getting pulled over right now uh so you know i don't know always good go well, most, mostly because mostly because they have nowhere to go at this point they can't go to the bar so <laughs> maybe that's probably helping them a little bit Uso's social distancing is uh, <laughs> is a real thing. Uh, so uh, <laughs> social distancing sells from the bar in the car. Uh, so I don't know where to go with this, Nick. I mean, we're talking about this isn't even a tag match. It's a triple threat with singles. We don't know who the singles competitors are. I think if we bet on this, I'm not sure if we don't get our tickets refunded because it doesn't really count. Uh, but do you have a feel if this was just to be straight up, did you have a feel where they were going with the tag championships? Um, I, I do think the match will probably be really good. Like the match itself will probably be well, like, like but John Morrison's unbelievably fantastic. Yes. I think given the crap, like all, everything that's happened with the coronavirus here, I think it probably makes the most sense have Morrison retain, and then you figure it out when Miz gets healthy. So, like, look, it's not the best analysis in the world, but this is kind of a screwed-up situation. Very fluid, like, so I, I guess I, I roll with, with the champs retaining here, just keep it the status quo, and then you deal with it when Miz is back and healthy, and you figure it out from there, and then you go with maybe with plans for, you know, the new day to win, and maybe those are put on hold until they can actually go over in an actual tag match, but it's really tough to say. So I think yeah. you're right, like, maybe the tickets end up getting refunded. I just, this is a tough one, man. This is tough for me. Yeah. 
I would, I would definitely read your book rules uh, about how this is going to be graded because the way this is being listed, it's not going to be a tag match. So just before you partake in this, make sure you look at your book rules. We're going to move on to what we think is the main event. Actually, I think it's been confirmed. The main event is going to be the Raw Women's title. The Saturday main event, Shayna Baszler, uh, the challenger coming in to face the champion, the man, Becky Lynch, at plus 140. Uh, Baszler just absolutely destroyed Lynch on the go-home show. I don't think that's a really good sign of victory for her because historically, you know, heels heading into WrestleMania. Listen, Becky continued to mention multiple times Ronda Rousey's name. Yep. And that's after they showed last year's match. Why are they promoting Ronda Rousey so much right before this WrestleMania? Me? I think it's because the four horse women from the MMA world are going to come together here. And I think it starts right here with, with, with Marina and, and Jessamine. I, th- I, think, I think they make an appearance here. I'm not sure if that gets the title on Basler. I think I think Becky Lynch holds on to the title. I just think that she gets beat up in a gang of three, and that promotes later on what's going to happen, which is Ronda Rousey is going to come back. I mean, why would you mention Ronda Rousey's name so much on Raw last night, recording on Tuesday? Why would you mention her name so much and review last year's match so much instead of you know prepping up Shayna Baszler? I don't get it whatsoever. I think Becky retains here. Because if Ronda's coming back, why would I put the title on Shayna Baszler? Let me ask you this question. And this is not like our, you and I kind of spitballing here. This is kind of out there. That this is going to probably, this is the probable main event for Saturday night, correct? Like Baszler yes. against Becky Lynch. From what we know, what Vince McMahon thinks of Becky Lynch. Last year, first ever time women main evented WrestleMania. Becky Lynch, now look, you can criticize the finish, which was actually obviously really shitty, but Becky Lynch went over. Becky Lynch is the biggest star in the women's division with all apologies to Charlotte Flair, who's my favorite female wrestler. Becky Lynch is the, she's the biggest star in the women's division. I don't think that can really be disputed. Vince, we have kind of like, if you read Dave Meltzer, if you read other like, like learned wrestling reporters, et cetera, Vince is kind of waffled on Shayna Baszler in this spot. We saw that, obviously, at the Royal Rumble, where we thought it was going to be a lot that Shayna Baszler was going to win the Royals Rumble. Enter enter Charlotte Flair. Flair wins the Royal Rumble. So here is my question. Do you think that WrestleMania goes off the air on Saturday night leading into Sunday with Shayna Baszler winning the Women's Championship from Becky Lynch? I think that where the match is placed tells you a lot about the result. And I think it actually tells you a little something about what we're going to see in the Sunday night main event as well. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I'm with you. I think Becky Lynch retains the title here. And I think that the value plus money on Becky Lynch, I think is good. Absolutely. 100% agree. You couldn't have said it any better. If this is the last match of the night, why would you support a wrestler that is playing the heel role that Vince has waffled on before? And I don't know if we should get into this. I mean, but Shayna doesn't have the look and the mic skills to hold that title at this time with the coronavirus. In my no, opinion. Colin, I'm, I'll say it. She doesn't have it at this level, and it's not an insult. She's awesome. Like she'll have a job in WWE for as long as she wants it. But like she was right. an, an epic NXT Women's Champion, held the belt for 400 plus whatever days before dropping it to Ripley. We'll get to Ripley Flair in a little bit here. But like, does she have it? At the level, Charlotte Flair has it, or Becky Lynch has it, or, or Miss Ripley. Ripley. I would say the answer to that question is no, and that's being objective. I don't wake up in the morning like, wow, can't wait to talk shit about Shayna Baszler. I just think it's a fact. <laughs> let, me, let me just tell everybody that I have the WWE. I, what they need is what I have in this house. I have a 12- and 13-year-old boy. They don't need me. They don't need my opinion. There's a 12- and 13-year-old boy that watched these events with me on TV. When Shayna Baszler comes out, this face that my boys have, mm, it's a little suspect. It's a little questionable. When Rhea Ripley comes out, 
holy shit, dad, who is that? And that is what you call the it factor. Shayna Baszler doesn't have it. Becky Lynch plus money. Take it all day. I'm going to hit it tonight. So this number I'm staring at here at this book, it's going to move because I'm going to take a couple of whacks at it. But yeah, plus money on Lynch here. That's, that's, the, that's what I like. Uh, I think we're going to move on to what we believe are going to be matches that are on Sunday. So we're going to start off with the WWE Championship. And I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if this did lead off the show on Sunday. Uh, they kind of led off the show with the, with the, you know, the Universal title match last year with, uh, with Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. So would Brock Lesnar and, and Drew McIntyre possibly start off Sunday? Could be. Uh, line right now, Drew McIntyre minus 350, taking on Brock Lesnar plus 225. Rumors leaking out are Lesnar loves Drew McIntyre. Heyman loves Drew McIntyre. Everybody is a Drew McIntyre fan. So now you and I are posed with this, Nick. Are we going to support the baby face that would probably win this thing if it was being done in front of 90,000 people? Or are we going to say that Brock Lesnar is going to hold on to this title because they don't want to crown Drew in an empty arena where no one's going to be there to celebrate or cheer or no sign pointing or not? There ain't shit. You just win the, you win the biggest title of the biggest day of your entire life and there's nobody around but three people. I kind of like Brock. <laughs> what do you think the main event of the show is going to be on Sunday night? Like the WrestleMania main event. I think it's fair that we call it like the, whatever main event Sunday night is the actual main event of WrestleMania. True. The, the, the last one to go off on the night is, and I think it's going to be Undertaker and Styles. No fucking way Undertaker AJ Styles is the main. Undertaker got his like non-title match main event a couple years ago against Reigns. I was there and the match was fucking terrible. There, no chance Undertaker AJ Styles is the main event. I mean, okay. look, maybe you're right, but like I would be like floored if that was the main event. Floored, absolutely. Do you think it's Goldberg Strowman? I, I think this is the main event. You think this is the main This is the last one of the night. And so you I think, think that, they, yeah, I, I, I think this could be the main event of the night. Yeah. They go off the air with Lesnar holding the title. See, but that, so here's where it gets interesting. If Becky and Baszler is the main event on Saturday night, and this is the main event on Sunday night, Brock McIntyre, look, maybe you're right. Maybe it'll be Goldberg Strowman. I, I, that would be insane if that were the case. And Strowman went over, well, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's another can of worms to open up. Um, right. If this is the main event on Sunday and Becky goes over on Saturday night, I think there's a case to be made that Brock wins. I think, again, this is a match where if there's a full audience, McIntyre gets his WrestleMania moment. McIntyre wins the match. Fans go nuts for him. Hopefully he comes out to his old theme music. What's that metronome I hear? Perhaps the end is drawing near. You never hear right. the shot that takes you down. Instead of this crappy bagpipe music that he's got, which is a heel theme, and now he's a face. Can we get his old music back, please? But if it's there, if it's in Tampa, fans, give me Drew McIntyre. That's Absolutely. not the case. Drew's not even on Raw on Monday night. It okay, goes off now. the air with Brock Lesnar. I think Brock wins, and then Drew eventually wins the title from him. And I think it's kind of similar to WrestleMania a couple years ago when Brock beat Roman Reigns, and everyone thought that Reigns was going to win that match. If you want to get into betting on WWE, you have to pay attention to the signs that you get on the shows on Raw and SmackDown. Drew McIntyre not being on Raw at all. Zero. Name me another time where a babyface came in and won a championship, but he wasn't on the go-home show. I was shocked last night when I was watching this. Made a note in, in, our, in, our, in our script. I said, McIntyre's not on Raw. He's going to show up and win? I don't think so. So, Brock Lesnar here. I like the plus 225. I think it's – I actually think I'm not going to touch it because I think Drew McIntyre is going to take a bunch of steam. I think they might re even release out that Drew McIntyre is going to win the title. And they might I – mean, I think unconfounded rumors will come out and move this line. I don't, I don't think I'm going to – I'm going to wait to hit Brock Lesnar. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, McIntyre wasn't on Raw. 
And I just can't see him. Yeah, if this was in front of a crowd, it'd be a great first time to win your championship, but this isn't it. And you could always do this match again at Money in the Bank or whatever, right? Or whenever Brock decides to show up to work again. Which, by the way, he's been a fantastic worker so far this year. His Royal Rumble match, one of the best things I've ever seen. How about the the Mysterio match that they showed on Raw from Survivor Series was great too. I mean, Brock's been on a roll. Brock has absolutely been on a roll. But, uh, you know, he he dropped it in pretty quick fashion the first match last year at WrestleMania. So that's another reason why I don't see him dropping multiple WrestleMania matches. Uh, You just can't show up every year. You've been champion all year. Whoops, I dropped it. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'm going to He go loses some here. of the mystique, right? If that happens also a little yeah, bit. Absolutely. And he gets a narrative that you can't win the big one, even though he did beat Undertaker. But still, I mean, you're on a consecutive losing streak. They're not going to let that happen to him. So uh, I think he is a McIntyre guy, but I think they might want to wait till crowds. Look, this is all happening, you know, so fast. The latest Corona graphs that just came out shows that we could be down to zero deaths if we play it safe and we do our job. We could be down to zero deaths per day by June 1st. And that is one of the best projections that we had. If that's the case, we're staring at a money in the bank with an arena populated full of fans. And I think that's a perfect spot to crown Drew McIntyre. So not here. The next time I masturbate, I'm I'm not going to watch porn. I'm going to load up that clip of you saying that we're going to have a full arena for money in the bank. And like we'll have fans in arenas by June 1st. And that'll be enough to get me off. Yeah. All right, so we're both going to go with Lesnar here, uh, plus 225. I may hit it a little bit, and then I may wait for it to get bigger. I'm not going to deter. If this number gets bigger for Drew McIntyre as a favorite, good for me. I'll take Lesnar some more. Let's move on to what I think is going to be my favorite match of the entire two days, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Now, my respect for Charlotte Flair – Nick, you and I haven't even talked about this before. I can't even tell you how much I love Charlotte Flair. And the reason is because I told you, I just, I grew up on WTBS. Ric Flair was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And Charlotte has somehow gone back and everything that she does is a mimic of her father. She'll slap her chest up with her hands before her match. She'll slap her chest. She pulls on the rope right before the ring bell rings. She pulls on the rope and stretches her legs. She walks like him. She talks like him. Her mannerisms in the ring are just like him. And she does it better. And the reason why Charlotte Flair, it's not besides the look, besides the mic, besides the talent, this is the only woman that comes off the top rope doing a backflip onto the floor. Nobody else can do the shit that she does. I mean, what can I say? It's good to be the queen. So lost last year in the big triple threat main event with Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. Uh, beat Asuka a couple years ago in one of the best matches I've seen at WrestleMania. Yep. Uh, where do we stand here with Rhea Ripley? Because my feeling is it's like, I'm going to beat Rhea Ripley. I'm going to take this title. And then I'm going to show up at NXT and be like, here's your stupid title back. Don't say my name again. That's one part of me. Do we need to put Rhea Ripley over right now? She's already the champ and she's not on the main roster. I do think they need to put her over. And I think, and again, like I asked this question earlier, like, does it hurt Charlotte Flair to lose this match? And like, and like, it's not going to be like, there ain't no way Rhea Ripley squashing Charlotte Flair. Like if Rhea Ripley <laughs> wins this match, it's going to be really close. Maybe it'll be a roll, like some kind of finish that protects Charlotte and makes Charlotte look good, right? Where it, even in defeat. I don't think it hurts Charlotte one iota to lose this match because you can still say going down the road, I'm a Royal Rumble winner. I've won at WrestleMania before. So I I don't think it hurts Charlotte Flair here. And they're building NXT into something pretty big. They're attempting to at least. Like it may be losing to AEW in the ratings, but like they clearly have a lot of resources behind it. It's a big part of the big shows that they do. Just take a look at at Survivor Series, obviously, with Shayna Baszler winning that match. So I think it's clear they have a big investment. 
in NXT. So like, do I want Charlotte to win? Cause I'm a huge Charlotte flair mark. Like you are, I do. I think that would be great, but like it kind of devalues NXT a little bit. So I don't, I don't really see it happening. I think it would actually hurt Rhea Ripley to lose this match. Cause I think like in front of a big audience, and I don't mean like a live audience cause there is no live audience, but if she loses this match, maybe it becomes like in people's heads, well, she's not on the level. I think it makes more sense for Rhea Ripley to win this match, Charlotte to put her over. Charlotte shakes her hand after the match, sign of respect. They do another match down the road when Rhea's on the main roster. Charlotte gets her win back, maybe at WrestleMania next year or something, whatever the hell that's going to happen because you know that'll happen here. I just think it makes more sense for Rhea Ripley to go over and win this match. I think my problem is is that I've got NXT fatigue, not in from the product. I love the product. I love everything about it. I think they're doing everything correct. And Triple H calling the shots on creative down there is, please, clean house on the w, the main WWE roster and let Triple H call the shots or whoever's doing creative for NXT, bump them on up. And the, my problem is I have NXT fatigue from the fact of they dominated the October and November storylines uh, they dominated Survivor Series. Anytime NXT is in direct competition with SmackDown and Raw, NXT is put over because they're in head-to-head competition with AEW. It's visible to me. It's visible to everybody else. Like You're not going to down them because they're in head-to-head competition with another program. So from that perspective, yeah, Rhea Ripley gets the win here over a marquee name. You know, I, I hate You like Charlotte. You like I Charlotte. Like well, well, look, well, look, I do. I do too. And great, she's a great Instagram follow also. Oh, <laughs> right. So uh, Nick and I will have another podcast on Alexa Bliss, Charlotte <laughs> Flair, and where we should put in our social media follows. Let's move on to a match that for some reason I don't care about. I should. I love these wrestlers. They're fantastic. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is minus 200 uh, against Seth Rollins plus 150, who will not have his cronies of the AOP and Buddy Murphy Murphy. Uh, down at the ring with him, I feel like there's going to be a rebranding of the Seth Rollins stable, the Monday Night Messiah, after this on Monday night, actually, on Raw. Seth Rollins cut a hell of a promo. All that aggression inside you, you chose to take it out on an inanimate object. An inanimate inanimate object. Hey, shut up! Shut your mouth! A hell of a promo, talking about his WrestleMania moments and the fact that KO has whiffed on his attempts, uh, and they got into a little bit of a pissing match about who was better inside of NXT. To me, these are two premier wrestlers that could win the Universal WWE Championship at any time. I'm not sure either one of these guys need it more than the other. I think Kevin Owens gets the win because that is the babyface coming into the match. Remember, we have to have a spot check here. Babyfaces will probably win in an arena full of nobody, and you have to back champions. There's no reason to crown a new champion for his first time ever Uh, when there's an arena full of nobody to cheer him on. So in this scenario, I'm going to back KO here at minus 200. I don't like the price, and I don't think it matters for either of their trajectories, but Seth Rollins needs a fresh start with a new stable because we know that Murphy's out for some time quarantined and the AOP's not coming back. The first thing you said was, you're not really that into this match and maybe like you feel like you should be more into it. I don't feel like you should because I don't think the build to this match has been particularly interesting. I don't think this feud has been particularly interesting. And let, that's less of an insult towards Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, who are two like fantastic performers and more yeah. of a shot at WWE creative than anything else. I'll kind of fall back on what I've, the, the kind of the, the, uh, the hypothesis that I made a couple times here and trying to determine some of these winners. I, I, I do think that it, uh, the loss would hurt Kevin Owens more. Kevin Owens is doing this like quasi stone cold face gimmick here where he's using the stunner. Now he kind of needs that big moment to kind of get that move over. I think that's clearly what they're trying to do with KO here. 
Rollins can take the loss and show up the next night and he's still the Monday Night Messiah. It doesn't hurt him at all. I, I think Kevin Owens is the winner. I, I don't, like you said, I'm not really into minus 200, so maybe you don't do anything right. with this at all. Um, but I think if I, you know, gun to my head, I'll, I'll take Kevin Owens to win this match clean with the stunner here. Yeah, and uh, keep your eyes on the prices because, like I said, these are WWE lines. They are some places $50 limits, and they get a max bet at $50, and these things can move from minus 200 to minus 150. So they move at a lightning pace, especially when information comes out. So if you see Kevin Owens a little bit lower, uh, I, don't, I don't think it'd be a bad thing to fire here, although it's not one of the ones that I'm rushing out to bet. Uh, I will give a shout-out to Seth Rollins and his one black glove. I think the story behind that, if people don't know, he, uh, like, I think popped a finger, broke a finger, and had to have it set back into place during one of the shows. So they had to tape it up, and he said, well, I can't go out there with the tape like this because it'll get torn off, and then it'll just, you know, I'll get my finger broken again. And I said, well, put this black glove on. He liked wearing the black glove so much and thought it fit into his heel persona. It does. He has not taken it off. This mofo is going to wrestle with one black glove on for the rest of his life as a bad guy. It's props to him and the Dr. Evil, uh, like, you know, black glove or whatever's going on here with the one glove. I, I love it. So, you know, small bet here on Kevin Owens. Let's move on to a match where I feel like Bray Wyatt should have been in the main event against, uh, against Roman Reigns. That was another universe before coronavirus was around and before John Cena decided he wanted to take part in this WrestleMania um, and so we've got Bray Wyatt, the Fiend at minus 500 going up against John Cena at plus 300, who has decided to show up and, and wrestle again before he'll probably pop out and not be seen for another nine months. Uh, Bray Wyatt apparently is going, if you're following social media, uh, by the way, hashtag cult of Wyndham is like the greatest thing I've ever heard because most people don't know Bray Wyatt comes from a very, very long legacy of professional wrestler he's irs's son yeah irs yeah i mean we're talking varsity club irs here so you know and his brother is bo dallas bo dallas thank you for the 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 actual wrestling name instead of the real name that i was going to give out but uh yeah i mean they're actually brothers and and so bray wyatt has the pedigree bray wyatt in my opinion should be a long-term uh heel champion uh, everything about him is fire. He's been the best thing that's happened to WWE over the past year. His intro is the best thing. His music is the best thing. And this is a joke of a match. That if you think Cena is going to win this match, uh, light your money on fire. Is minus 500 too cheap for The Fiend? No, you know, because like, this is like, like if I, okay, if I'm John Cena and I walk into Vince McMahon's office and Vince is like, John, we're going to put you over in this match. And I'm John Cena. I'm going to be like, what are you, what are you fucking kidding? Like, no, like I'm, I'm not going over. And like, unless like, like Bray, like did something dastardly to get under the boss's skin. There ain't no way, no how he's losing this match. We could get into the myriad reasons why Bray is absolutely winning this match. One, he's going to get his win back from a number of years ago when Cena beat him at WrestleMania. That's worked into the story. Two, the most important thing is that Cena is not a full-time worker and Bray Wyatt is. So why would you put John Cena over in this match? Three, if you want to protect Cena, right? Because Cena's eventually going to come back. He's going to get one more run with the belt for number 17. We know that's going to happen here. Yep. You want to protect Cena a little bit? It's a firefly. Like, who, like hopefully it's, it's better than the House of Horrors match with Orton. I was there for that. The dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, you have an out potentially for Cena to lose this match and not have it be like clean and decisive. If that's the route you want to go, they do dumb shit all the time. Like I can't believe that Bray lost. I understand why like for business reasons, why it happened to Goldberg, but that made no sense. Yeah. Bray is winning this match. 
they may have to test Vince for coronavirus if if he decides to fucking to put Cena <laughs> over here. So we're laying minus 500 on Bray Wyatt, and we are not sweating sweating it whatsoever. The only question is, is the circumstances around this match, if there's going to be a kitchen and a freezer and a refrigerator and all kinds of stuff like that Orton match that we had, that I don't even know what that was. I feel like this is going down that path, this cinematic Blair Witch project type match that we're going to have here. So It's gonna probably uh, going to suck. It's probably going to suck. Yes. This may be an overbooked piece of shit is probably what it's going to be. <laughs> overbooked. Hashtag overbooked piece of shit. Let's move on to a match that should not be a piece of shit. Uh, the Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a boneyard match. If you're wondering what a boneyard match is, join everybody else. We don't know what the hell a boneyard match is. We know what the Undertaker is to a graveyard match, a cemetery match. You could get buried alive. Uh, you could get thrown in a casket. Because of the current situation with coronavirus, COVID, all that, they're not going to say graveyard. They're not going to say cemetery. And you're not going to see a casket at WrestleMania, which is a lot of Undertaker's entire theme, which is why you've seen him step out of the dead man. He's back to being the badass uh, Kid Rock song. Uh, So that's the Undertaker that you're getting at this against AJ Styles, who has, in my opinion, done a really good job as a bad guy shooting his mouth off. I mean, I think everything AJ Styles does is fantastic. Uh, Suffered an injury earlier this year at the Royal Rumble. So they got this. uh, Taking that spear from edge. Yeah. Taking that spear from edge. Taking that spear from edge. Yeah. And and so that that got this program off, started a little bit late. Undertaker has made it hot recently. The promo that he cut on Monday Night Raw was. (laughs) was It was his best in years, man. That was the best work he's done in years on the microphone absolutely best in years and for him to be calling AJ Styles by his full name and, and calling him an ass clown and, and even Jericho's uh, tweeting about it about how great it was I mean it this is going to be a good match now I know that we just mentioned like you don't want to give John Cena the win because he's a part-timer well AJ Styles is a full-time wrestler he's a weekly wrestler and the Undertaker is not although there is word that they want to build the Undertaker up for possible matches down you know that he's going to become a semi full-time wrestler again so if that, you know, is kind of, if Undertaker's not, this isn't just a one-shot thing, because, you know, for some reason he continued to wrestle after WrestleMania last year, uh, then you could make a case for taking Undertaker minus 400 here. I just can't see AJ Styles in WrestleMania winning this match. Um, so I think the difference between um, what we just talked about with Cena and Bray and part-timers is it would really right. hurt Bray to lose the match to Cena. It would, like... Yeah. I actually don't think this is hyperbole, and I'm not being dramatic when I say this. I think this is actually the truth. I think The Fiend is DOA if he loses, the moment that he loses to John Cena, if that happened to WrestleMania. Like, The Fiend is dead at that point. Like, you could still do it, but it ain't never going to be the same, and it'll never have the same juice. AJ Styles can lose this match and not and, and, and come out on Raw and still be the same arrogant heel with the club, and it's not even, it's not even a thing. Um, right. What's interesting, I think, and I love that you brought it up the way you did with the Kid Rock song, is Taker is kind of veering a little bit, and this is great, and it's kind of needed a little bit, right? Where he's, and I, it's funny, now that like the Undertaker's career is obviously coming to an end, and we're kind of looking at it in portions now, right? A lot of people feel like their favorite version of the Undertaker is maybe not the dead man. Maybe it was American Badass. Maybe it was Big Evil, which was like the heel American Badass, which was tremendous. So I kind of like the promo was magnificent. I love when he said, I'll make you famous, a callback to when he was obviously the American badass back in the day. I thought that was terrific. He called him Alan. I thought that was fantastic, calling him by his real name. I just thought it was spectacular. And I think it is um, a foreshadowing of things to come with more of this particular Undertaker character. And if that's the case, 
And if what I'm supposed, if my supposition is accurate, it makes no sense for the Undertaker to lose this match. Undertaker or nothing against AJ Styles in the Boneyard match. I will agree with you. I would like a better price than Undertaker minus 400. Not sure if that's going to pop because this is the Undertaker. This is WrestleMania, so he should be steamed. It is properly priced. Uh, the only thing to make this better for me is if he came out on a freaking chopper and uh, Kid Rock was blaring, hey, hey, you know, and uh, Undertaker was riding that uh, chopper all, all around the ring and then, and then, you know, beating Styles here in about 10 seconds. I don't know what a Boneyard match is, though. I assume... Shit, I don't know. I play dominoes. I call it a boneyard when I play domino. I don't know what the hell a boneyard is, right? I mean, there's not going to be bones. Is it going to be cars? Like the abandoned car? They're going to go out to a to a ravage yard? Like what the hell is going? What is a what? Do you you want to speculate what this is? You know, if, I think if Vince had half a brain, he would have kept Matt Hardy around for this to at least let him book this match. Because <laughs> I actually thought like the deletion matches were brilliant. I, yeah. I don't know. Like like it's prob. Look, let's be honest. It's WWE it's probably going to be stupid, right? Like, it's probably not going to be good. Like, if we're being honest, like, if this is were an AEW stupid? thing, I think is it would be great. Is it stupid to my 12-year-old? Is it stupid to my 12? What is it, what is it for the 12 and 13-year-olds buying the merch? You know, I'm, I'm almost 37, bro. And I hate to say this, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's, I, it's a great question, one that I don't have the answer to in my advanced age. Yeah, so we'll find out what a Boneyard match is, but we're recommending taking The Undertaker here. Let's get to the last one, which... I don't think this is going to be the main event. This, they can't make this the last match. So let's talk about this. Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. And you may be saying to yourself, I kind of watch wrestling. I thought Roman Reigns was going to be fighting Goldberg. I watched a little bit of wrestling. They just promoted Goldberg and Roman Reigns on Monday Night Raw this week. What are you telling me Braun Strowman's in? Roman Reigns has pulled himself out of WrestleMania. Uh, he, you know, because of his, his recent recovery from leukemia, uh, he's not taking any chances and good for him. Uh, so they are going to insert Braun Strowman into this match against Goldberg. And apparently on the hush, this match has already happened. This match was filmed a week ago. Oh yeah. Uh, I think Dave Meltzer reported that right of the wrestling observer yeah, that this yeah, match was yeah. taped and it's Strowman Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the problem is, is nobody's leaking out where, you know, there's never been odds posted on this match. And the actual quote from Meltzer was, yeah, WrestleMania was taped on Wednesday and Thursday. I think that'd be around the 24th and Roman Reigns didn't wrestle Goldberg. Uh, Strowman wrestled Goldberg. Uh, and Roman Reigns made the call himself. Uh, and like you and I said, it's interesting that uh, Roman Reigns is the one that had to pull himself out of the match. There's no line on this. There's probably going to be a line after Friday Night SmackDown announces it's going to be Goldberg Braun Strowman. Uh, you and I, I'm not sure if we're on the same side as this, but I don't think, and you would say, well, Goldberg's obviously going to hold on to the title here because it was originally supposed to be Roman Reigns. I have a different opinion. Goldberg is expensive. Every time he shows up to the arena, it's super ass expensive. And Vince McMahon is going to be looking at that payroll sheet and he's going to say, I'm paying Goldberg how much money to show up to an arena where people can't chant his name and him getting a walk from 1,800 goddamn security guards can't even happen because of social distancing. There's no reason to have Goldberg around right now. There's no crowd to cheer him on. And by the way, he's getting some booze down the road. He ain't paying Will Goldberg all this money for booze. But are we He already got booed, yeah. Yeah, are we putting the strap on Braun Strowman, somebody that has purposely been kept out of the spot his entire career? I'm a little at loss here. We don't have actual lines. I think I'm going to side with Braun just because they don't want to pay Goldberg money to show up. So this is kind of why I think Brock and Drew is going to be the main event. You, you can't put, like, Vince is not putting Goldberg on last and Goldberg winning. 
I, I just, and look, maybe I'm going to, I'll be proven wrong about that. And Goldberg's kind of gotten big spots before at events. It's hard for me to believe that a WCW guy is going to be the guy getting his hand raised at the final match of a WrestleMania. And I know that they've put him over big time before in a lot of big matches, even over Lesnar a couple times, obviously here. I have, yeah. yeah, I have a hard, at a Survivor Series, I believe that match was. I have a hard time believing at a, a WWE event will end with a WCW guy. And let's be honest, Goldberg is a WCW guy, not a yeah. WWE guy. I have a hard time believing that's going to be the case. I also have a hard time believing that WrestleMania will go off the air with Braun Strowman winning the belt when Braun Strowman wasn't even going to be in this match in the first place. And like you said, and we can kind of debate the merits of whether or not Braun, they should have pulled the trigger on Braun at some point. I think the answer to that question is yes. Maybe it was at SummerSlam a couple of years ago at Barclays in that great four-way match. He pro- yeah. should, probably should have beaten Brock at one of those matches. We can kind of debate that, but that's a story for another time here. So that's why I don't think this match is going to go on last. So I don't think this will be the actual main event of the show. I actually think Goldberg's going to win this match. And the reason why I think Goldberg's going to win this match is they've been building up Reigns coming back from leukemia and like people get pissed because you say that like, oh, they're using that in the storyline. Well, it's real life and that does kind of play into emotion. So that's kind of part of it where Reigns needs to have his moments, right? And it's got to be, and like they wanted it to be special and they wanted, and I disagreed with it because I wanted it to be against Bray, but it was going to be against Goldberg. It was going to mean more, whatever, blah, whatever. Roman and Braun have been there and done that so many times already that like it can't be Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman. So unless you're telling me Braun wins this match, Colin, and then Bray wins the belt from Braun coming off beating Cena, which is not impossible, and then that sets up Roman Bray, what I think is more likely, Goldberg wins the match. He's not on TV for a little bit. They build up Reigns to come back. Reigns gets his win over Goldberg. I think Goldberg retains the belt over Braun Strowman. So for me, I think this whole coronavirus thing has been such a mess that I would punt on storylines. I would trim my payroll. You're not going to come up with anything creative that's going to draw more viewers. You're actually dipping on viewers. I would look at the long-term picture here, which I think should be a Roman Reigns Edge WrestleMania next year. I think that, to me, Edge should be headlining WrestleMania against Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns next year, or maybe even a three-way match, because that to me, would draw the most. So you need to get into that. Uh, And how does that relate back to this? You get Goldberg out of the picture completely, trim your payroll a little bit. Braun can walk around for a while. He'll drop it. He's not a kind of champion that's going to hold on to it for for longer than three months. Have him drop it at Money in the Bank to say Edge. Maybe maybe the Edge Orton thing runs over into Braun. I don't know. Different shows. Uh, I I don't know. We, you know, there's a lot of different angles. We tough, man. I I just think that maybe Goldberg had a set amount of time to come in and do his thing and get out. And it's a little hard for me to believe they're going to put the strap on Braun right here. But at the same time, I don't think that they look at Goldberg the same way they look at Lesnar. Lesnar is, I mean, asses are planted in seats and ratings are out the roof. When Lesnar comes on the TV, I don't think it's the same feeling for Goldberg hot. Yeah, but not Lesnar type money. So what about, what about Fox? Do you think Fox has anything to play with this? Um, like wanting Goldberg as the champ, as opposed to Reigns. I, I think, excuse me, right as opposed, as, excuse me, as opposed to Strowman. You have to remember the whole, I don't even know how Lesnar ended up getting off SmackDown. Like how did Lesnar show up when the title and say, you know, fuck it, I'm not on SmackDown anymore. I'm like, did this Fox okay with this? Like it, you, you had to be on Monday night raw and then Goldberg all of a sudden shows up, right? They had to have Reigns Goldberg back on the same show. I was a little shocked that Lesnar's not on SmackDown. But, yeah, Fox is going to have a say in this. 
don't know what the budget is. Don't know how, you know, how much Fox is funding the fact that, you know, Goldberg's price tag. Uh, but I don't know. It's hard for me to see Braun get it here, but you're right. This won't be the last match of the night. Not by, you know, you and I are taking bets on whether it's going to be undertaker or whether it's going to be Lesnar, uh, at the end here. But, uh, I'm going to side with Braun Strowman here. I think the price would be mega juicy, like plus 500 ish. Um, but I think the reason why there's not odds up is because maybe it hasn't leaked out yet. What happened in that match between the two? Yeah. Um, and uh, by the way, if, if Undertaker AJ is the main event, um, Undertaker should be minus infinity. And I would still lay it with Undertaker <laughs> if that's the case. Because AJ Styles is not winning the main event of WrestleMania. That ain't happening. No way, no how. Yeah, yeah, no way, no way. But, uh, you know, I, yeah, definitely Undertaker riding off on a, on a chopper while I count my money. My $50 max bets here, as many as I can get in on the Undertaker, hopefully is the plan for the night. That's it. We've covered the entire card two nights, Saturday night, Sunday night, uh, hosted by Rob Gronkowski. It's going to be at the WWE Performance Center. No crowd. Uh, good luck to the announcers. Uh, two nights straight of this. I think they're going to cover eight hours of wrestling within a 28-hour span. So uh, I know ESPN is showing last year's WrestleMania earlier in the day on Sunday, so that'll be fun to watch. Uh, keep your eyes on the betting lines. Um, Nick, you got any uh, – have you come to an agreement now that Bret Hart is the best wrestler of all time, that WrestleMania 13, uh, Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin is the greatest match of all time, the double heel turn? Have I convinced you yet? Michael's Undertaker 1, Bret Austin 1B. 1A and 1B. And listen, no shade against Bret. He's just not as good as Shawn. I love Bret. Bret's an all-time great. Just not as good as Shawn Michaels. And I will also say, I don't know if the shows are going to be great. I'm really looking forward to WrestleMania and I'm happy it's on two nights. We all kind of need a respite from the BS now with coronavirus that's dominating everybody's lives. So I actually think it'll be really cool. Even if the shows aren't good, I think it'll be a really, it's going to be fun. Like I'm really looking forward to it, looking forward to betting on it. And actually, and I don't say this often, like there are times like I'll bet on a game and it's like, you know, fucking Tulane Houston or some bullshit where like, I'm not really like I bet on the game. I would not be interested otherwise where like, I actually think I'm more interested as a fan because of what's going on in the world now than I right. am as a better. And that's almost never the case. So I'm pumped for WrestleMania this year for multiple yeah. reasons. Everybody Amazon, your popcorn to your front door, get it there by this weekend. Take our mind off the reality. That's what WWE is supposed to be. It's when they shine the most is when they can distract us from reality. And we have betting lines. So I doubt this will be the last time uh, Nick joins me. Uh, we're going to probably have a SummerSlam pod, maybe a Money in the Bank pod, and we get live crowds. Uh, maybe uh, Nick and I can go live uh, from one of these pay-per-views someday. But Nick, thank you so much for joining me, uh, and I look forward to uh, talking to you soon. Thanks for joining me, man. You know what they say about handsome Nick Costos? Handsome Nick does not rest <laughs> in peace. He can stay up all night. Thank you very much, brother. <laughs> all right, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy WrestleMania. We're finished talking.